Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Out of the gates and ready to go. Outkick 360 from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine, and you. Glad you're with us. Broadcasting from Nashville alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Coming up, J.P. Aaron Sibia will be in studio with us recapping Game 1 of the World Series, looking ahead to tonight's matchup in Game 2 in Houston between the Braves and Astros. We also have primary complaint in 45 minutes in the Tennessee Power Hour, final hour of the program today. Gentlemen, good afternoon. Braves are three wins away, boys. Three wins away from a world championship. First time since 1995. The Tomahawk Chop is going to be alive and well in Atlanta this weekend. I am pumped up. What a start to a World Series. History wow. made. With Jorge Soler. What? Soler power to start the what night last night. What a way to start the game. First swing believe, of the World Series. I can't believe it's never happened in a World Me Series too. that the leadoff batters never hit. I mean, there have been 107 World Series. Is that right? It's crazy to me that yeah. it's never happened. Well, and once I saw that stat, I immediately thought, in my, my mind was deceiving me, but Paul, you'll remember this. It's obviously a series the Braves lost to the Yankees. But I thought Andrew Jones led off a game with a, with a home run in New York. As a young player, first, I think he had a in, three in, in, home in any run. Any game, or is it game one? But it, I, I believe it may have been his first World Series game. He was 19, or he maybe he was the youngest guy to hit a Sounds home run in a World Series. He too. hit three or four home runs in a game. Uh, Hutton, that's a good question. My perception was any game that the first batter had never homered in any game, but maybe no, it was, it was only in game, any game one. one. It was the first time that led off the led top off of the, the first series. Of a, of a World Series with a home run. Well, that's not as surprising then. I, I was misunderstanding it. Well, the, um, it, was, it was a night of more than that oh. with first. Um, it's the first three time. Three straight innings first with runs. Time, yeah, first time the first three innings featured runs for one team. First time ever that two players that weren't with the team at the start of the year hit home runs in a game with Soler and Duvall for the Braves, both trade deadline acquisitions. And then, of course, you had, uh, to my knowledge, the first time, and I was reading Jason Stark, who's, who went through, the, uh, went through history to try to find out, the first time that a pitcher has thrown 16 pitches on a broken leg. Because that's what Charlie Morton did after breaking his leg on that line drive. He's not going to find uh, any record of that because it's... Uh... Not well, the, sort the of immediate, you know, he, he even listened. Tiger Woods in 2008 won a, a major on a broken leg in the final round. Jack Youngblood played an entire playoffs. Which is insane. In Super Bowl on a broken leg. They were kind of going through other sports where you Terrell had someone Owens do something on a broken healed, leg. Right? I mean, he was coming back. But no record of a guy pitching yeah. on a broken leg on his crazy. plant foot. And he obviously didn't know it was broken at, at the time. But uh, uh, there was pain there, certainly. And that's terrible news for you and for, for all the fans of the Braves and for fans of baseball that, um, 
you know, one of the top pitchers in the whole deal is not going to be seen again. Chad? Well, that's, that just means that uh, I told my family group text that was texting about the Braves, said, I guess we just got to sweep them now. <laughs> <laughs> Once he went out, I said, well, it looks like it's a brave sweep now. We're not gonna have, that's not going to come into play because game four is going to be a bullpen day either way. So just win the next three, not to worry about it. And it turned into a bull, bullpen game last night. Uh, and, and again, the Braves' bullpen comes up strong. Came through. Uh, for whatever reason, I, I'm not worried about their offense at all. And I said that yesterday. I thought the bats would still come alive because they just come, you know, just came off the series uh, against the Dodgers, where they're hitting well, and the Astros have been sitting there for a couple extra days. But the the pitching, every time the relief pitchers come in, I'm expecting something bad to go on because I've been that's ingrained in me over the last couple of years with Atlanta's bullpen. And from hearing Chad talk about it mostly. Well, and, and Luke Jackson came in, and the, that was the big well, question mark with his you know was it run of year? bad luck against the Dodgers. It was this year or last year. Chad sent me a tag. I was thinking it was this year. Oh, it's been it was the early early this year. And, I mean, the Braves said, the Braves said, were not five hundred at the All Star break. Also, by the way, only the fourth team to reach the World Series that wasn't no, over five hundred at the no, All Star break. They they were not over five hundred August first until yeah. Game One Eleven. Isn't that right? Um, they so Chad sent me a text early in the season. He said, "Hey." Uh, the Braves have a two-run lead at the seventh inning. Bet who? I bet the Reds or whoever it was. I remember and I, this. I, and he, he goes, bet them heavy because the bullpen's coming in. I think it was the Nationals at the time. Nationals. This was like May. This was probably yeah. a Friday night in May. Yeah. And what did we do that night, Hutton? We won. We won big. We, we won we big. Won. <laughs> I think Brandon Webb uh, uh, came into the game. Webb, your, your, your boy who... Uh, had one of the worst fielding mistakes I've ever seen for a pitcher, either that he game did. or the next game. But those Braves are dead. Those Braves are long gone. They are. This is a it's new remarkable. It's a new Braves team. It's a new bullpen. Um, I, I'm, I'm amazed uh, that this is where we are right now uh, with with the Braves. It's also there's something I don't know that I love it, and I'm not going to be this. You know, per, oh well, the history of the Braves shows that they're going to do, but. Isn't it weird that the Braves are relying on everyone that wasn't there to start the season? Yeah, I know what you say. I know what you're saying. It's not. Yeah. It's a very odd. It's a good lineup throughout, but it's not. Uh, you know, f- well, we get Freddie Freeman up next inning, or Dansby Swanson's coming up next inning. It's how quickly can we get to Eddie Rosario or Adam Duvall or Jock Peterson, and that that's great. I mean, that's we're going to talk to JP Aaron Sibby about it. That just goes in line with uh, Alex Anthopoulos and the terrific job he did at the trade deadline. I also like Travis Darno's theory on Charlie Morton. He believes, that's a catcher for the Braves, obviously. He said after the game, I fully believe he knew the leg was broken and it was obviously hurting him badly. And he also knew he looked to the, the dugout and the bullpen and knew they had to get someone up and they had to fast track the warm-up process. So he was giving AJ Minter time. But you get as much time as you want if you come out injured to warm up. That was that was his theory. He faced three batters, and he yeah. Well, he watch the strikeout pitch to Altuve. The one he doesn't leave the game on it, but I mean it is an amazing hook he throws to strike him out, and the grimace he makes as he plants on that leg. I couldn't believe when Swanson made the error. and they said that's uh, was that the Braves' first error of the postseason. I mean, so they've been hitting the ball a ton. But if I heard that correctly, that they've played that good a defense to go with the offense. I mean, that's the postseason recipe right there. Certainly, well, they, the pitching and the defense. Uh, they've the been defense a great defensive been team all year. Eddie Rosario once again two hits last night. 
and he guns a guy out at second Making on what a looked great like play a off a tricky sure, wall. Yeah, it looked like it was gonna be a sure double. It made a great throw to second base. A Swanson's a, tri- a terrific fielder. Freddie Freeman's usually a Gold Glove winner at first base. Braves are great on defense. It almost looked like uh, Swanson was shocked he made an error. Very lackadaisical effort to go get the ball after it hit his hand. Yeah, he gave up an extra away. base, but I'm watching him. Away. Eventually, he kicks it into high gear to go get it, but it's almost like he expected someone to be back there to go get it for him and started to just walk a little bit, and then he had to sprint to go get it, and wisely, the Astros player took third base. Very hopeful challenge. I'm not sure if that's the same, the same throw out, but uh, hand clearly tagged out right in front of the base. I don't know why Dusty Baker calls for a challenge on that. Or were they challenging that it hit above the yellow I think line? It I wasn't thought they close were challenging. To hitting above the yellow it was, line it was closer on that than it was, it was the tag. The but neither of them had any chance of being overturned. But I don't know how I don't know how quick you get the re- is it as quick as the TV gets the replay that they can see it before you know they're on the phone. Yeah, I'm and the, not sure. the the manager's holding up a sign like "Give me a second, right? Is is he is it like the NFL where they're given the cameras that the network has? Which the World Series is going to have every angle possible. So correct me if I'm wrong. I think on a, on a home run play like that, that's the league looking at it. That's not a coach's challenge. Because I know Joe Buck said, no, they're looking to see if this is a home run or not. When they stopped the game and went and looked at the review because they showed that angle. And John Smoltz saw it immediately and said, it's not a home run. You can see it hit just below that line. But if it hits that line, it's a home run. So I know that they were reviewing to see if it was a home run or not. And so it was not. The uh, teams that win game one go on to win the series a little over 60%, 64% of the time, the team that wins game one wins the series. Now, if you take a 2-0 lead in the series, historically, 84% of the time, that team goes on to win the series. Chad, your thoughts on game two tonight for Atlanta? So Max, Max Freed was bad in that game five loss to the Dodgers last, I guess it was Thursday night. Either way, yeah, last Thursday night, game five, lost to Dodgers. He was bad. Max Freed, who is from Los Angeles, has historically been bad at Dodger Stadium. Max Freed has a great track record of bouncing back after a bad performance throughout his career. I think he's going to be really good tonight. And the big question mark is Orkidi. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly for the Astros. He was terrible in his last outing uh, against the Red Sox. So you've got two guys who were really bad in their last outing but Arkady was bad before that in the playoffs also. So they're almost expecting something different than what they've seen from him. And I think the Braves are expecting Max Freed. Max Freed the whole month of August and throughout September in clutch games where the Braves needed to win the division, he was lights out. And he was great to start the playoffs. He had that one bad outing in his last game against the Dodgers, but the Braves have a huge opportunity tonight. I'd like to see that stat about taking a 2-0 series lead on the road, I wonder if that's higher than 84% well, when you're going it. back home. We know, which side the Braves, the we know which side the Braves have contributed to for up 3 nothing going home. That, By the way, that was the um, Andrew Lost Jones it. year. Yeah, that was, that was where he had all the home runs in Yankee Stadium. I think so, it was in game one. And that's one. when Joe Torrey told Steinbrenner, we're, we're fine, I'm big in Atlanta. A 1-1 series, an 0-2 series, a 2-0 series, whatever it would have been prior to the first pitch last night, we now know it could be a 2-0. could be 1-1. I have a friend who attempted he, – he was willing to pay $500 uh, for one ticket, like the last ticket in the building in Atlanta. Just to get in. Price. Not even close. What was it? Not even close. 
upper deck, worst seat in the house right now, go going for nine hundred twenty five dollars in Atlanta. Double for game what three. he was willing to spend. Left field, was corner, he doing it from the very beginning? Seat last row. Yeah, he 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 tried. What's the lowest it ever was? Is that as low as it's been? That's what that's what he he sent me the article. He's like, I tr- I was willing to spend five hundred dollars a ticket and could not get in the door. Uh, you could do that, by the way, in Houston. You could get in last night for about four hundred thirty dollars for the worst seat. There were reports that some people were, Houston. yeah. There were reports that some people were paying upwards of fifty thousand dollars last night for Game One. That's insane. Isn't that amazing, that though? Nuts. That of all the, that is crazy. You know, ba- now that might be for like, well, baseball is a not a row or something. Baseball is not a sport that we think about now. You know, top of mind all the time. Like, like football, for instance. But the demand to go see your team in the World Series yeah. is still at an all-time That's high. That's number one for me. I had tickets lined up uh, two years ago. If the Yankees had, had won that series against the Astros, Simon and I were going to New York. Um, that that's my number one bucket list thing is to see that team in the World Series. Hopefully at Yankee Stadium, but I'd settle for it on the road. So I immediately checked once the Braves clinched to see what the secondary market looked like. The cheapest I ever saw was $800. Right now, the cheapest you can get in the building, standing room only in Atlanta, $1,000. So $1,000 just to go stand in some out, to outdoor bar. Yeah, and that's game three. That's game three where you're not, you know, when you buy the ticket, you're not going to see any celebration, right? Like at least with yeah, game clincher, five, game four, game stuff. five, you're holding on to something where you could see the team celebrate in the dog pile, right? Yeah. They're also holding on to a game that might not be played. I've been in that. You've been in that situation. Well, actually, right now, game four in Atlanta, standing room only, the cheapest is 634. That's so you can steal. get into game four cheaper now. Guys want to go? Let's do this. Standing room only. But that could all change We'll go after watch in the chop house. Well, after tonight. If they win tonight. If it's 2-0, then that yeah. goes really high. Oh, yeah. I can't. Um, that's an investment that, That's right one there, of those that. Buy it and resell it. It's so great you know, to be able to be there for a World Series game, but to be there with your team winning a championship like that, and really in any sport, but to think going into the night that we, we may be counting down outs. Come the ninth inning and to feel the electricity of a championship that way. But also the disappointment, Paul, you almost felt this also, maybe, that if you get out there and you think this could be the clinching night and your team loses, you know, twelve to two. And then it happens the next night where you don't have tickets. How about I was in a situation where my team swept and I was kind of rooting for them to drop one. Because I had a game five. Because <laughs> yeah, you wanted to go see them, yeah. It's the beauty of uh, the, the, the guessing of the series when you do that for your team. <laughs> yeah, you go right. to the national championship game or a Super Bowl, you know someone's winning a tie. Right, yeah. <laughs> There's no, well, hey, they tied, and they're going to come back tomorrow, and you don't have a ticket. Yeah. So now someone else is going to experience the championship. And if you, scal- that- if you scalp it, if you, I mean, I, I don't know what the system is now, but I mean, you know, could you scalp it for a ridiculous price and then you get face value back for it? I mean, that's what the, the reports were in Houston last night where the, the $50,000 game row, that's not played? Uh, the $50,000 row, they, someone purchased an entire row for fifty grand. Yeah, that's crazy. But if you buy a ticket for game six and it's a five-game series, are you now with, with a stub hub, are you getting the whole price oh. back? Uh, I doubt it because you're buying it from someone else, right? I think I was in that. Uh, I was getting back what I had. But I think I was also going, I was going to one of the first four games. Coming up, there is a, a nice ton of NFL news today. Uh, a ton. Uh, 
Paul's got this glass that I've never seen here you like before. That? Did you bring I, I that asked, from home? No, I asked for, uh, you usually get the, uh, yeah, the, the Yeehaw. Yeehaw glass, and I asked just for a glass with the logo on it because I forgot this my is a, container a, a tall, today, and they gave me a tall, like tall a, narrow glass. Yeah, a tall, narrow glass that you I, I feel like needs like an umbrella Let's in get it a something. cocktail over there. Yeah, an orange slice or something. Uh, with your beer eye. would do well in I'm just there. laughing how the camera, uh, ling- if you're watching, the camera lingered on Paul's. He sucked that down to a straw. <laughs> It's a lot of ice in there. It's uh, dangerous to pour. Coming up, uh, NFL headlines include Deshaun Watson, where McLean, John McLean, who was on with us yesterday, reported late yesterday that a deal is in place with the Dolphins and the Texans, but ownership is waiting on the legal ramifications of Watson to shore itself up, to wrap up before they make the trade. Well, the deadline is this coming Tuesday. And Watson's not wanting to settle these 22 outstanding civil lawsuits because he doesn't want to give the impression that he's guilty of anything. Um, We'll discuss that. Plus, Stan Kroenke out in L.A., there could be turmoil amongst ownership across the NFL because Kroenke's about to sue the owners over a a lump sum, sum of money that he feels like the ownership should have helped pick up on. That's interesting. Uh, plus what Roger Goodell had to say about Daniel Snyder yesterday in his chat with the media. All of that and more coming up. But first, a word from David Reed on Toyo's Clinic and how they can help you look better. You may not be able to, uh, well, you can definitely put a price on a World Series ticket in Atlanta, but you can't put a price on confidence. And guys out there, if you're suffering from lack of confidence because of your body and your thinning hair, you don't have to live with that anymore. It's 2020 and the folks over at Toyo's Clinic can take care of you. We're not talking about the old-fashioned strip method that I had two of them. All that left me with was a long scar and short results up top. They're using the latest technology over at Toyos Clinic. It's called the Smart Graph Technology. Individual units are taken out of the back of the forever hairband on the back of your head, put up on top. It's your own natural hair growing once again, and it can be done just as simple and as fast as one afternoon in the office. So don't let hair loss troubles hold you back any longer. Call 888-315-3937 to schedule your hair restoration consultation today with Toyos Clinic and tell them the Outkick sent you to receive 10% off. Again, that phone number 888-315-3937. Toyos Clinic. See better, look better. Glad you're with us across the Outkick Network. That includes Muscle Shoals, Alabama, Fox Sports Shoals, Huntsville, Florence, Alabama. Love being on there. Um, Of course, Fox Sports Knoxville, our first affiliate. Our first partner with Outkick. You always remember your first, Yes, you do. You never forget. We'll never forget. That's right. And the first in the Middle Tennessee area, in the Upper Cumberland, we say hello to everyone listening to Sports Radio 104.7, Cookville, Crossville. Uh, We say hello to you with Stonecom there. Um, a, A lot of NFL news coming out because the NFL League meetings are taking place. And, Paul, this snuck up on me that the meetings were this week. Um it normally happens right at the middle of the season. They give the update on financials. They give the update on the first half of ratings. Uh, right in the middle of sweeps for all the networks. They want the networks to know how valuable their NFL property is to them. And ratings are up. Um, but the headline in the news had to do with Goodell discussing Daniel Snyder. Where he took questions in person with media for the first time, I believe, in over 600 days. I think the last time he was right? in person with the media was when they announced the 
the new agreement with the CBA. That was the last time he, he took questions from the media in person because they didn't do it at the Super Bowl. Well, they haven't been in person. Right. Well, at the Super Bowl, they had some people scattered around, if I'm remembering, and then they had some Zoom screens. So he did take some. Maybe this was at the league meetings or something person, where they haven't done anything. scattered around. But he was peppered with questions, starting with Albert Breer um, about uh, Daniel Snyder, uh, about the fact that John Gruden – uh, is out of the league, but Daniel Snyder remains in the league. Goodell was quick to point out that Snyder has had no dealings with the Washington football team uh, in the last four months, and he was fined, uh, what, $10 million, I believe. The organization, Snyder was fined $10 million. Um, his wife is, in fact, running the organization currently, um, and uh, he took exception to the fact that he was not dealt with properly and, of course, that started a huge firestorm on social media with everyone uh, going back and forth on the details or the lack thereof. Um, and it was, in fact, uh, Albert Breer, a friend of the show, Sports Illustrated, uh, Monday Morning Quarterback, who pointed out in the question, the first question Goodell took was about, hey, you, you had a 600-page document released on this. You had a 300-page document released on Deflategate. No written report on what took place and the, fi- the, the final the, the findings of the investigation in Washington involving Daniel Snyder uh, and the, the organizational structure, uh, or the, again, the lack thereof, that you find him for. And, and Goodell said they wanted to stay cautious, not release names uh, for anonymity purposes. They wanted people to come forward and be honest with them. They didn't want their sources to be outed. They wanted them to be kept quiet. And that's why there was no written report. Um, there were uh, follow-ups to that saying, hey, could you not redact details about who gave you this information and just tell us the, the uh, written detailed fact-finding of the, the circumstances with Washington? He said I, the, the league felt like they could not do that. Uh, meanwhile, Paul, the attorney for the people involved in this, um, in the, the lawsuit for, against Washington, the attorney said, in fact, we do want our details public. We are demanding. This is the opposite of what we want. We want transparency. We don't want to be anonymous. And two of the women who are uh, among these clients showed up there, uh, took a train up from Washington to make themselves available to the press and to hand deliver a letter saying this is exactly the opposite of what we wanted. We wanted all of this to come to light, not to stay in the shadows. That's why we came forward in the first place. So this is the second case where a league is using this guarantee of anonymity in a way to shield the guilty parties. They did this in Major League Baseball, too, with the Astros, where they said, well, in exchange for your honesty, we're going to keep you a secret, and so you won't be revealed, and you wind up not being punished. This is a little different because these are the victims, right, as opposed right, right, to right. the I accused. I see what you're saying, though, because they- but it's a, it's a second case where leagues using this thing, like, hey, in order to protect the people who revealed the crimes, we're not going to reveal the details of the crimes. It's well, a very convenient blanket. It's of very secrecy. convenient. Over what something everyone it's, wants it, to be transparent. There's nothing that he can say that makes any sense because he won't say the truth. The truth is, he's my boss. Hello? Roger, I mean, the, the owners, he works for the owners. Yeah, he's the spokesman. Roger Goodell does what the owners say. The owners don't ever want to be outed for any wrongdoing. So even if they hate Daniel Snyder, 
They're not going to allow Daniel Snyder to be exposed to set a precedent that they too can face consequences. Well, here's it's that two simple. interesting things. And Roger Goodell can sit here and do all this mental gymnastics around that issue all he wants and talk about assurances of anonymity and oh, we couldn't do it, we couldn't redact, we couldn't. The bottom line is, this is my boss. They don't want it out. I'm not going to put it out there because I want to continue making millions of dollars in this job. It's that simple. Two interesting things. Case closed. One we didn't talk, haven't talked about enough. Jerry Richardson of the Charlotte Panthers, who was a favored Carolina owner, Panthers. Carolina yeah. Panthers. Charlotte, yeah. Sorry. He got shamed into basically giving up his organization in a pretty fast track for similar accusations against him. That were more personal, I think, and less organizational than Snyder's. But something worked there to shame him into moving on and not being embarrassed. I can't. I, the league didn't try those same tactics, and 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 Snyder doesn't feel the same degree of personal shame. That's one thing. But today, here's a, the big thing. Well, to he me. was a, he was accused of uh, sexual harassment, Jerry Richardson, and then uh, accused of a payout for silence with that and a racial slur. Um, but I, I think uh, similar uh, things, uh, but I think well, the difference is the racial slur. Yeah. I, I think the, that's what got him out. I think the, um, and it was at a, one of his scouts, I believe. I, I think the detail there in Carolina has more to do about the fact that David Tepper was in line to yeah, become an owner of the league. And they knew they wanted Tepper in the fraternity of owners. But they've got other people they want. Not as far along as Tepper, because Tepper was a, he was a, a part owner, owner of the my, Steelers. But yes. And my, my point there is when you when they have someone else to go to that, that's going to be unanimously approved, push. they put they put that person in. And Tepper's been a good owner for Carolina. He's working on getting a new stadium there. Um, I think it's hilarious that they're trying to trade for Deshaun Watson all of a sudden, that, yeah. that organization. Um, that and, and, and th in a way, let, let me transition briefly to Watson and compare this because in a way, the media is falling for the and taking the bait on what Goodell is saying and has for a couple of months because it is like a dog seeing a squirrel. Um, the 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 twenty four hour media cycle, you know, Goodell had to for whatever reason he took questions from the media on this and he took about five minutes worth of them if you go back and watch the press conference and then. Uh, the poor, uh, I say the poor reporter, he could have asked whatever he wanted. He's from Buffalo, and he's going to ask about the Buffalo Stadium deal because he gets one question when the microphone's to him, and that started a cycle of other questions. Fine. It, the bait, though, is, hey, he has been, uh, we find the organization, we find Snyder an unprecedented amount, and he's n he hasn't been a part of the organization in four months, and there's no timetable on the suspension, right? That, that This is unprecedented on how we're going about this. Meanwhile, uh, Deshaun Watson's about to be traded, and there's talk about whether or not he's going to be available to the team that's trading for him, and Gruden's out of the league, and now all of a sudden we're starting to hear uh, it uh, leaks of uh, 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 internal fight among owners going on with Stan Kroenke, and now all the media's latching on to that and start reporting on Kroenke in L.A., and that's the new news cycle. That's today's news. Yesterday was Goodell's comments on Snyder, and it'll surface back the next time Goodell takes to the podium. Breer, by the way, said that Snyder's been at every Washington football game this year uh, and, at, and front and center in his box at the home games. So I don't know the degree of the punishment with this invisibility and removal, you know, for the time being as the CEO. Yeah. What is it in Again, effect? 
in effect, it's not much. It, again, it's you're going to take this answer and like it. And for and the most it. part, the media does. But here's a development now, today. Now, now the debate is whether or not Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans are going to get three first-round picks for a guy who four months ago was in the media cycle, uh, more than that, five, six months ago in the media cycle, uh, for civil lawsuits uh, for harassment of 22 women. Here's a media development, to, though, today that circles to what Chad said. Because another one of Roger Goodell's bosses... Not, not a favored one, one that just got screwed out of this whole thing, said he thinks there should be a written report. Mark Davis. Oh, of course he said asked. that. Yeah. Well, why do you think he said that? Well, because his, his coach ended up a victim of this whole thing. Yeah, he wants but others to pay the he's price. One the of the, he's one of the 32 also. So Roger Goodell's covering for one of the 32, but another one of the 32 is saying, hey, you're not handling this right. And now this cronky thing is causing a fracture where potentially the owners are fine. There is trouble amongst all of these 32 who, who phone in to Park Avenue and who are meeting in New York right now. Roger Goodell does not have smooth sailing with ownership. Jerry Jones is backed cronky, and now cronky potentially uh, has the rest of the owners in a position where they're going to have to pay some big money to cover their asses for the move out of St. Louis, which a lot of them weren't convinced about should, should happen the way it did, and Jerry Jones brought them along. They're going to be pissed off at that costs them money. They're not happy probably with how this Washington thing makes them look. They've got another owner calling for a written report. A written report's not going to save anything. The emails is what people want to see here. Well, and I, he's protecting people who aren't asking for protection. And I, I understand what you're saying, where Davis is one of the 32, and Goodell also works for him. But what the other 31 will tell Davis is, do you want $321 million a year on the TV rights? Oh, you do? Okay. Then pipe down. Yeah, they're and also he saying, will. protect my emails. I, you and know, he will. I don't want my emails and, out. And, so and it also helps that Davis's team's now 2-0 and o since all this went down. Like, the winning matters in all of this storyline, too. I understand Davis is the, the, the odd man out because of uh, Gruden's emails coming out based on this investigation and leaked the way they were. But, again, is, is he going to take this so far that he's going to be outside the inner circle of I mean, I, I $350 hope, million dollars a year on TV rights? I hope he does because they can't take that money from him. I mean, they're, he's, a, he's, a, he's an owner. What have we always said? You can't force someone to sell something. So my response, if I'm Mark Davis to Roger Goodell is, you're going to give me that check no. because I own the no, plus no, no, the no, Vegas no, no, Raiders. No, Chad, the NFL owns him because guess where he just moved to? Vegas. He was in Oakland, and he was approved to move to Vegas. Stan Kroenke was approved to move to Los Angeles, and so, at that point, you become property so the, of the league. The which, league which is the what league happened to Bud Adams when he came here. He basically traded his... So the league has the ability to make him sell. Not to make himself, make but, himself but, but he gave away a lot of... He's given up his vote in I, a lot of here's ways. The, here's the sad part about it. You think Jacksonville would have moved to Vegas? Here's the sad part about it. The Raiders got railroaded in this no whole doubt. Deal. So it doesn't matter because it's 31 against one. And this is not about what's fair. What's fair is they released the report and everyone else who's got blood on their hands in this report is exposed. And that's what Mark Davis is saying. But this isn't about being on the side of what's righteous or what's fair. It's 31 against 1. So Mark Davis can be pissed off all he wants and say all this stuff, but in that room there's 31 other owners saying, I don't want my dirty laundry exposed. Sorry someone hates your boy, John Gruden, and you got outed and you lost your buddy and your coach. 
but there's nothing you can do about but they it. should be against And Snyder. you're right in this, Hutton, that there's only so much Mark Davis can do because in the end, there's nothing he could do. But why isn't because it 31 Because all he can against, do is complain about it because it, he's going to get outvoted and they're not going to release anything. Why isn't it 31 against Snyder? It doesn't make it right, though. I mean, I, 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 will, say, I will side with Mark Davis on this. None of what I'm saying, while it's true and there's nothing that can happen, doesn't make it right about what happened to his team and all of this. And we can argue about John Gruden and should he have been fired, whatever. The bottom line is, the one person being affected by this being John Gruden of the Raiders in an investigation into the Washington football team, I laugh even stating that, that's wrong and it's not fair, but it doesn't matter because we're talking about billionaires who want to continue being billionaires. And, and that is why it's not 31 against Snyder because they do not want to set any precedent of not backing the other billionaires who continue to make millions upon millions every single year. But that's, in turn that's they haven't here. but in turn they haven't backed Davis. You know they what I'm saying? They backed Davis by handing him Las Vegas. Yeah, I mean they it's not They handed him Las Vegas. Right. The it's, same way they handed Cronky a brand new state of the art stadium in Los Angeles. And they're not going to back Davis also Paul because they don't want to be the next they don't want to be the next one. They don't want to set a precedent of releasing that information. Now, I'll also say they must have really hated Jerry Richardson. They must have really liked David Tepper. That's Because for 31 to come together and say, we are going to do an internal investigation, we're going to get some heavy hitters to investigate, we're going to release the findings, we're going to lean into the sexual uh, harassment allegations. Because Jerry Richardson was a sell. powerful and beloved owner before that. Was he not, Hutton? I felt he was I, on big committees. Yes. He was, he was an influential guy. Also, I think it's also important to note that the owners have been given no report on what happened with Washington. That is clear based on the fact that Davis is asking for a written report. Keep that in mind in all of this. It's not just the media and the public who haven't been handed anything on paper or in an email. And Davis did raise with Goodell in this closed-door meeting. Seth Wickersham has the report. Uh, Goodell basically asked everybody out of the room except the owners or the solo reps of owners who weren't there. So 32 people were in the room with Goodell where this conversation happened about the Cronky stuff. Then he ultimately asked Cronky to leave the room. Um, but during this, as other issues came up, Davis apparently point blank asked him, why did I find out about these emails at the same time that the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times found out about? Well, it... And I, with someone in the YouTube chat saying it's pretty obvious the NFL staged a witch hunt on Gruden. It's not a witch hunt. Gruden's emails got caught up in the wash. It's vengeance. Yeah. I've said this from the beginning. It is Roger Goodell and others in the league office reading John Gruden's emails that probably already didn't like John Gruden and said, here's our chance. Here's our shot. If we leak this information, we can get rid of John Gruden once and for all. It, it's plain and simple. I don't think they went into it saying, guys, tag everything that Gruden sent. And let's find, let's find Gruden. This is a witch hunt to try to drum up no. something to get John Gruden. They read it. They hated it. They took their shot. The shot hit. Here's That's the thing, what happened. Here's the thing that disappoints me about ownership, because the answer to all of this is, do you like making all of this money? If so, well, Goodell continues to make you all this money, so just don't worry about the other stuff and take the money. They could easily have a chief executive officer, a commissioner of the NFL, who can both make them all of this money and handle all of this stuff better. I don't think it's that hard for how good the NFL is, how much America loves the product, 
to not mess up that and manage all of this stuff better. To not I, have Ray Rice and his girlfriend in the room at the same time. Well. To, to be smoother with all of this stuff and also manage the finances of the league and negotiate TV contracts with the smart owners who are good at this at the same time. But here's, here's the bottom line. They're too scared of messing up the money. Ratings are up. Yeah. But ratings will <laughs> be up no line. matter what. No, I, don't, I think it's really hard to botch nope. ratings. It's not hard for me to figure it out. Daniel Snyder has backed owners and kept things quiet that he knows on other people. Absolutely. And no one's going to rat on Daniel Snyder because he didn't rat on them. It's he not that hard to figure it's out. Probably the everybody's same for involved in this in some way because you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. I'm not going to do anything and vote you out if you're not going to do that for me because you didn't do this in 1994, so I'm going to back you here. And I'm not saying you know it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, specifically him, but that's how it goes. Club. That's how it goes. And, and Woman's Club. Yeah. I mean, that, I don't hear any statements coming from Amy Adams Strunk on no. this. It would be a place where she and McCaskey and whoever else I'm forgetting could, could, could make a difference. On anybody yeah. other than Mark, Mark Davis, Davis. Who's the victim. Who doesn't have his $10 million a year coach. And it's in desperate need of a good haircut. <laughs> uh, the, the, the reports were he paid like over $100 for that bowl cut. Every like every two weeks, yeah, I mean, he makes that, a regular stop. That is what the league should investigate. Is that like what's going on with this person cutting his hair? That that's worthy of uh, that much money for that. There haircut. was like a huge article on this. This was years ago. Um, yeah, well, I'll try to find this during the commercial break. The the breaking news. Somebody on, has to advise you to update your look. Yeah, get a stylist. You own an NFL There's team. There's a makeover I just don't, show. I don't know TV, why that right? would be the route you want to go. Don't you stumble across the makeover show when that's a big thing and think to yourself, you know what? I, I'm a rich guy with a rich dad. I, I should go to one of these places and see what they think about my look. Paul, if I owned the Raiders, I would never dress myself. I would have someone, I would have someone that it was their job to make sure that I was wearing the best clothes and looked the Had part. Had the best haircut. But At all times. He's kind of, uh, in a way, he's a Withrow, though, because he still, Ooh, he still has shot. a... Uh, shot. This was, uh, the, the report mentioned he still drove a minivan, and this was whenever he inherited the team. He still shot drove a minivan, and he had a Nokia phone. Shot on your phone? In the era of iPhones. I mean, I've got an shot iPhone. Shot on your clothes? It's just oh, not I know. the latest iPhone. I mean, he's well, taking not, shots at you left and right here. Not right? whenever... You, you, I mean, you had the... The Razor or whatever. Mark Davis is a Withrow. Yeah, I don't know what that phone was. <laughs> I don't middle. understand. Whatever that, Mark Davis probably lost his phone at Butter also at some point. <laughs> One of those owners meetings. See, I don't picture him going dinners. to Butter. I picture him going to like like uh, Applebee's. I think he was a huge fan of P.F. Chang's, actually. <laughs> he, goes to, he does go to some very regular restaurants. Hey, go with this Outkick 360 rolls on. The 6th and Peabody, our location in downtown Nashville with Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. J.P. Aaron Sivia will be in studio with us coming up in about 20 minutes. Looking forward to that as we preview Game 2 of the World Series and look back at last night as well. Each and every Wednesday at this time, it is time for Primary Complaint. And guys, I kick it off this week by letting everyone know you can use the hashtag primary complaint on Twitter at Outkick360 to weigh in with your own complaint. We'll read some of those uh, in the coming days and next week as well and feature them on the segment. My complaint this week is with the NFL, but not with the owners' meetings yesterday. Uh, with 
this photo of CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb had the walk-off score in New England 10 days ago. He scored in overtime, and he turned around. Jalen Mills uh, shoved him in the back as he crossed the goal line. He scored, and he turned around and waved. Waved goodbye to Mills. And the NFL fined him $10,300 for taunting because this was a play that was not penalized because the game was over. It had ended. So they promote the taunt from their own Twitter account and then delete the tweet. And Goodell stands at the podium yesterday when asked about penalties and fines for taunting, for waving at a player, waving goodbye to a player who's been probably talking trash with him for the last four hours on the gridiron. Goodell says yesterday, you know, it's all about sportsmanship. The guy who protects Dan Snyder is on a mountaintop proclaiming a war against bad sportsmanship. That is my primary complaint. My primary complaint this week, the lack of organization around trick-or-treating. I want to talk about parenting here for a moment. Everything in parenting is so structured. You go to a little kid's birthday party. You know when it's going to start. You know when it's going to end. You know when ice cream's coming out. You know when cake's coming out. You know when activities are happening. Everything is on a schedule. Until you get to Halloween night and it's trick-or-treating time. And then it's just turn kids loose in a neighborhood in the dark with cars driving around and let's see what happens. There's no start time. There's no end time. There's no suggestion from a neighborhood Facebook page. Hey, everyone should be done by 8 o'clock. Ration candy (laughs) accordingly. None of that. It's just, hey, I don't know when we're starting. What time are you coming? Hey, neighbors down the street, bring your kid over. We don't know when to go. We don't know when it's time. You start 20 minutes late, everyone's out of candy. You start early, you look like an idiot because it's not completely dark outside. We need to structure this neighborhood by neighborhood. Let's all come together. If we can structure little Timmy's birthday party and have it timed out by the minute, we can also say, you know, six to eight for trick-or-treating in this neighborhood. Let's do it together. Organization, it's key. And that's my primary complaint. David Reed. So I really didn't have a complaint coming into this week, and then I stopped at a local convenience store this morning, and I'm not going to name them because they may be just as much of a victim here as I am, but let's say it's a place that would like to, for you to visit there at least a couple times a day. <laughs> so I stopped there to get some coffee and look around, and there's some new cups out there for us because I guess supply chain, right? Not the usual cups that they have out there. And this cup reads, an average paperweight hot cup with a cardboard sleeve requires 30% more energy to produce than a cup comparable fusion cup this is a fusion cup what this fusion cup did not take into account for is the effort that you need to put into picking this up when it has hot liquid in it and it will not suffice it is not structurally sound (laughs) very flimsy this cup is is a disaster waiting to happen and i know that because that disaster happened to me this morning (laughs) this cup and my scorched thighs that's my primary complaint (laughs) My primary complaint is uh, what we're about to make this little guy endure. Ripley, newest member of our family. He's that age, boys. He's that age where he's got to remain a boy, despite the fact that he wants to become a man. Jacob, I think, has a photo of him, but uh, it's time for him to get snipped. (laughs) Jacob says he does not. And for him to get uh, a cone. So yeah, that's the worst. The puppy, the cone, has to. Uh, the the cone is the most simultaneously sad and funny thing there is. A dog in a cone. 
Um, but it's time. Spayed and neutered. Bob Barker preaches it. Everyone believes in it. I hope it calms him down a little bit, but I feel guilty about putting him in that, in that situation. Sorry, Ripley. November 5th. Clock's ticking. Since, um, since you treat dogs like humans, do you have the birds and the bees talk with the <laughs> No. Can, what's, no your, what's your dog's to. name no again? Need Ripley? To. No need Ripley. There's no, no need, need to, to, uh, to get into these things. Just to get them all excited? <laughs> physically <laughs> Here he is right here. Just to ruin his just life. Just in case you want a visual. We can't zoom in. Says on Chad who teaches, treats dogs like Fauci. Yeah. <laughs> we're, just getting him, we're just getting him sniffed. We're not getting him shot. Oh. Oh, man. Coming up, headlines of the day, and uh, we look around the sports world. Plus, J.P. and Sibia previews game two of tonight's World Series matchup between the Braves and Astros. That's next on OutKick 360.